Hey everyone, welcome to the season finale of a summer movie series, Bamcast Extra. Yeah. Yeah. You threw me off. I didn't, I, yeah. It's the season finale. That's true. This is the end for but the year. There's probably not going to be a much of a season break. No? No, probably not. Okay. Whatever. I don't we're, know. We're done with summer movies. Though. Yeah, the, the, we're, we're wrapping it up because, you know, it's fall. Sure, yeah. It's, it's and if you're listening, out. you know, because you... You know, on the regular Bamcast feed, it's way into fall. Oh, yeah. This is like winter time like now. The time has changed like, or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't it's know. It's so weird. Uh, I'm Chuck. And I'm Harlow. And we're back. We're, we're going to do one last batch of summer movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys are really going to like our, our two picks for summer movies this time. I think so. Because we did, what is it, 2005? 2006's Mammoth. Uh-huh. Starring Summer Glau. Uh-huh. And 1978's Thank God It's Friday. Starring Donna Summer. Oh, I see what we did there. <laughs> we are so clever. <laughs> <laughs> we get so up our own ass with our dumb jokes. And here's one. <laughs> uh huh. Also, we figure Summer Glau gets everything canceled. So this is the right. last episode yeah. of the Summer We're Movie Sorry series. for the Bamcast Extra. <laughs> summer Glau has joined us, so we must leave. <laughs> it's, it's over. It's all over. So yeah, uh, let's start with Mammoth. Okay. It's a uh, sci-fi channel movie. It is. Not Asylum, but sci-fi original. Yes. And it's it's a it's a thing. It, it is a thing. Ah, so I made exactly two notes for it. Um, I mean, slightly more, but probably less significant notes. It's um so it supposedly takes place in Louisiana. Oh, is that okay? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, basically, there's there's a museum mm-hmm. where they've got a giant woolly mammoth in a block of ice. Uh huh. With just seem- hanging out in the museum. Seemingly <laughs> nothing keeping it frozen. No, just in, in a room in the museum right. with a velvet rope around it so no one could get near it. And, uh, and there's there's no mammoth thing in the champagne room. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a dude, our main dude character, man, he's, mm-hmm. he's a professor of mammothology or whatever. Right. <laughs> 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 He owns the museum, and he's pr- very proud of his frozen mammoth. Mm-hmm. And he notices he does like a scan of it, and he notices like there's this weird thing on it. So he drills a hole in and pulls it out, and it's like this weird jelly bean electronic glowing thing. Yep. Well, this triggers aliens. Uh huh. And aliens come. Yeah, not not <laughs> real sure why, but well, the story is kind of told over the opening credits, which I I gotta say. A movie like this, a dumb sci-fi channel movie, I I was appreciating the hell out of the opening credits. They were they were very charming in their bad CG-ish kind of way. Sure. But they just tell the story of, of mammoths on Earth being hunted by dickbag cavemen, and then aliens show up and put a stop to that. Okay. <laughs> they murder all the cavemen, and then they possess like this one... They, they possess the mammoth and they make the mammoth go crazy and kill everybody, and then... So it's kind of... This is kind of a Star Trek four kind of thing. Where aliens came a long time ago and, and talked to the mammoths, and now they're mad, so they come back and... Okay. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, so this this UFO shows up and slams into the museum, and this goo comes out and takes over the mammoth, and the mammoth goes crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that happens. <laughs> yeah. That's the movie. Um, the, uh, it, you know, the mammoth is terrible mid-2000 CG, mm-hmm. so it, it's very limited on screen. You don't see it very often. But so, it, so you have to focus on the human people, and so there's there's science man who's awkwardly weird throughout the entire movie. Yeah, um, <laughs> trying hard to be entertaining. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, the only thing I recognize him from is he was like the handsome guy crush from Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. Yep. That's like, I mean, they gave him like first billing. It's like, who, who are you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I had to look it up. And, yep. Uh, there's him. Mm-hmm. There's Summer Glau, obviously. Yes. And then Tom Skerritt. Tom Skerritt, ladies and gentlemen, from Top Gun. Uh-huh. Steel Magnolias. <laughs> Big time and actor. What things. the fuck are uh, you doing oh, that here? that alien movie. He was in that alien movie. Oh, yeah, thing. he was in yeah. that alien movie also. Yeah, that was, that was a pretty good one. Uh, Tom Skerritt in this. Uh-huh. Seems off. Somehow, yeah, because the, the 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 essential dynamic is is uh, science guy, mammothologist, uh, <laughs> Doctor Dad um, works all the time. Yeah, and no time for the family. Tom Skerritt is is his dad mm-hmm. and just kind of uh, watches over his air quote sixteen year old daughter Summer Glau, who right. is having her birthday, yes. her sixteenth birthday, turning sixteen or twenty six, give or take. Um, One of the sixes, um, <laughs> and. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really understand it at first, but like he's got her and and uh, goofy kid, and I thought they were brother and sister at first. But I did but, too. But they're not. No, they're not. Um, he's <laughs> the potential love interest of her, and his name is Squirrels. Squirrels. <laughs> or something. It's like Squirrely. Squirrely. <laughs> yeah. It's something dumb. It is something dumb. <laughs> um, but they uh, Squirrely. That is okay. His name. Yeah. Um, I, I guess Tom Skerritt also owns a theater, mm-hmm. like a movie theater. He owns the town theater, and it's just like showing ridiculous b-movies on her birthday he's, he's a big her. like 50s sci-fi guy right. and of course believes everything is conspiracy and blah blah blah. yeah he's into all that mm-hmm. he's got like a seti at home set up in his house <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where he does some science at one <laughs> yeah um man he's <sighs> that's the, that's the setup and then yeah the thing gets set off and it looks like a meteor mm-hmm. like oh science guy's like oh shit i'm late i gotta get to jack who's summer glass character's yeah. name I've got to get to Jack's birthday, mm-hmm. which is all more confusing because I thought, I thought, oh, well, that makes sense. He's going to that kid's birthday. He looks like he might be 16, not Summer Glau. <laughs> no, she's clearly out of college and right. just helping out at home for some reason. Right. And no, um, no um, but no, I mean, he means her. And uh, he's just overacting the hell out of all of this. Like mm-hmm. security guard comes in and interrupts him. And that's when he finds out what time it is. And I, I don't know. Like, it's it's kind of entertaining, but it's also like, dude. Calm down. <laughs> like It's a sci-fi channel movie. I, I think I made a note that everyone needs to drink about two cups less of coffee every day because they're all experiencing caffeine overload in various different ways. Right. Main guy especially is just the biggest coffee achiever. Right. <laughs> um, so he's running home and then sees what he thinks is a, a meteor coming down mm-hmm. and crashes right into his lab. Yes. Um, awakens the mammoth mm-hmm. and the mammoth uh, kills slash sucks out the soul essence of the security guard, I believe it was. Yeah, I wrote down he smells the life out of people. <laughs> right, he does, with his trunk. <laughs> yes. Um, Just smells the life right out of people. Yeah. Um, but it's not the mammoth doing it. It's He's possessed by alien goo. Okay, <laughs> sure. The mammoth doesn't want any part of this. Uh, right, okay. <laughs> but then um, some government people show up. Some men in black show up. Um, a, a man and a woman in black mm-hmm. uh, show up, and... I don't even know. Do they meet up with the sheriff first? Because the sheriff's like kind of investigating. and Yeah, they go to the sheriff and his two hairy deputies who are just goofy as shit. Um, all three of them are, actually. Like, the sheriff and the two deputies are all just, like, the goofiest motherfuckers. Right. Um, but, yeah, the, the men in black couple go to get information from them. Mm-hmm. And it's just a lot of, like, well, we ain't going to tell you anything. And they're like, well, yeah, you are. Um, the movie is very liberal with its 
acceptance of the men in black program sure because they just show up with their ray guns and everyone's like well all right yes yeah, that- well, obviously they'd have those <laughs> they're men in black those exist now we yeah. saw that movie right. <laughs> um what that stand for <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's um it, it's one of these things it's not as bad as a lot of one of these things sure um like it i will say at least it's trying it's trying to emulate you know be funny with uh parodies of scenes from movies and 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 such yeah it's 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 smart to know that because their effects are so bad they've got to limit their scenes with this thing right and so that that leaves you a lot of time with just people talking and so they tried everything they could to make all those scenes as entertaining as possible right um so to get to my first note um i'll I'll paint the scene so um scientist guy has i think he's gone back to the um to the museum Mm -hmm. seen the not meteor everyone's still calling it a meteorite even though it's clearly metal right like a, a perfect metal sphere mm-hmm. um and the it, the men in black were alerted to it because it changed course right and and deliberately hit this museum so he's kind of like cool well i guess i'm out bye for whatever reason um <laughs> yeah. and then finally uh like summer glow Squir- and squirrely have been menaced by the mammoth because they went to like a, they went a, to a rave. rave in the woods right <laughs> and and the mammoth showed up kind of like jason in that mm-hmm. movie yeah um so they're like running down the street petrified and and almost get run over by uh science dad <laughs> right. and he gets out and the note i made is because he grabs squirrely around the okay, collar we made the same note here. yeah and said <laughs> and says I to him, this quote down too. and says to him i swear if you gave her the weed i will neuter you yes <laughs> he says it so forcefully and so angrily right that i had to make a note of that i wrote down the same thing okay so yeah okay we're good here <laughs> um so that's setting up that scene so like she because summer glow is just dumbstruck like, and yeah. eventually he's like dad yeah mammoth mammoth <laughs> and they I think they almost simultaneously also meet up with the men in black people because they're also there. Yeah, they're also there. And then so they go like there's this whole extended thing where they're hiding in a cornfield. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the men in black gets his head lobbed off by the mammoth. Yes. And the rest of them just kind of they kind of hide around in, in the cornfield for a while until the mammoth decides to fuck off. Yes. Um, <laughs> so no more money for the scene. And so. then <laughs> and then because this movie's just kind of goofy and like no one is overly perplexed by a situation now i will say the first time the mammoth shows up like whoever said hey summer glow we want you to scream at nothing there Mm -hmm. she was fucking going for it because like she gives you know scream queen quality screams Mm -hmm. but at this point like nobody's kind of they're kind of all nonplussed by the situation so uh f or men or man woman in black lady in black (laughs) lady in black um (laughs) just just says all right help me grab the body they throw him in a bo- in a body bag, <laughs> stuff him in the back of the trunk, and then are like, "Whew, that's done!" And then he goes, "What about the head?" And they're like, "Ali, ah, <laughs> yeah." Which I was given this movie, I was expecting the Men in Black people to be aliens themselves, because mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of set up that that like they're that's my, might be why they have this technology. No, they're no, just they're Men in they're, Black. They're just yeah, they, they exist. <laughs> Yeah. To which Tom's scared when he learns of it is like, yeah, mm-hmm. of course. <laughs> um, I didn't actually make a note, but um, and, and we're probably going to jump around because I think my other note actually happens before this. But there is a point where uh, the actually might have been it actually may have been before this scene um, where they go to the house and recruit science dad. Mm-hmm. And Tom Skerritt is like basically trying to warn him. And he's like. He basically says, like, don't trust those government stooges in pig Latin. Yes. But like not even 
properly. Like no, it's some I, it's like weird Esperanto weird right. shit that he's saying. Yeah, it's it's not big line because I would have picked that up because right. it's not that hard. Yeah, because he, he he says Alfitazine at the end. Yeah. It's like wait what? <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's just making shit up, which is kind of what I felt like Tom Skerritt was doing this entire movie. Sure, yeah. <laughs> script. I don't need a script. I'm Tom fucking Skerritt. Right. Um, I was in fucking Top Gun over here. But the the <laughs> lady in black calls him on it. Yeah. Like he said, don't go with them and pick yeah, Latin. Don't don't touch trust yeah. those government stooges and pick Latin. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then I love that he's like, "Is your dad seen out?" And he's like, "I wish." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I was like, "Does he have dementia?" <laughs> yeah, did he, yeah. I, I wish that. I was, wish. I wish that was the reason. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of just these just kind of one like the characters are treating everything seriously like mm-hmm. they're because it becomes like this big countdown like okay now the government knows it's an alien mammoth so right. they're going to nuke the city or whatever and so they're like well we have to do whatever we can to put a stop to it mm-hmm. even though they're cracking jokes every once in a while they're still on track to do the sure. thing that they have to do which is like I mean we'll just get to it let, let me let me tell you about my other note because <laughs> okay. you may have also made a note to the scene all right um, there was a point where you know the mammoth is now running free and terrorizing mm-hmm. random people mm-hmm. so there was a point where there is a parked car I believe uh-huh. in Lincoln Continental yep there's a couple of old people getting kind of <laughs> seductive in the back and the lady comes up from the crotchal area <laughs> and pulls out her teeth <laughs> and then places them in a glass on the count on on the Mm-hmm. On the uh, the dashboard of the car, yep. to which then the mammoth starts showing up, and so I wrote down geriatric park <laughs> because that's exactly <laughs> what this is. Because like the you know the mammoth starts yeah you know, and the water starts going like Jurassic Park. Yes, but yes, it does. <laughs> I just wrote down that I appreciate. At first, I was like, "Ew, why are they showing this?" And I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, this is a nice twist on teenagers teenagers having sex in one of these movies." I said, "I appreciate the two cold, gross people having sex in the woods yeah. because that's like they just escaped from a home or something, and we're just like, let's take your teeth out. And yeah, let's do this." It was really weird, but yeah. it was probably someone's parents on the crew that was just yeah. Once I realized like what scene was parodying that. I immediately went to my notes and yeah. went geriatric park. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's weird because like some of this movie was filmed in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Then a lot of it was filmed in Romania. Okay. Now it's kind of hard to tell like what scenes might have been done where until they get to the finale of this movie, which is in this factory. Mm-hmm. This fucking, like, m- nuclear meltdown factory. Like, this is not a functional factory. No. But they pretend that it is. Mm-hmm. And they just have, like, mutants working there. It's it's, <laughs> it's strange. It's just like... They do. Yeah. It, it, they're all, like, pretending to use this rusted out equipment to do stuff. And it's making things move around. It's just so odd that they're pretending... They're not even trying to dress this place up. No, not really. It is the... It, I mean, it's, it's all one color. It's mm-hmm. rust. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> The basic plan is they uh, they drop molten uh, uh, metal mm-hmm. on the mammoth, and then they're going to hit it with liquid nitrogen yeah. in hopes that it freezes slash explodes. Yeah, because they mentioned the blob earlier, mm-hmm. and that's basically what, how they stop the blob in that movie right. is they freeze it. So they're just basically like, let's do that. So Yeah, yeah that, that's another thing about this movie is like I, I do appreciate at least they're making references to some obscure things like, yes. like the original blob versus mm-hmm. all the remakes, and they also uh, make several Avengers, not the Marvel Avengers, but yeah, the, the UK. Yeah, the British TV yeah. show. So. It, yeah, it's it, someone had a clue. Mm-hmm. Like if if you were forced at gunpoint to make one of these things and you had a clue, you would probably try to do as best you could with it. Right. And this kind of feels like that. Yeah, it's it's still kind of a mess of a movie from like transition to transition. It's very sloppy. It, um, it, it's it's weird because like 
as as much as everyone is trying to pep up every scene, it still drags in places yeah. where you're just like, what? Like, I there were a couple times where I just spaced out. Like, they ended up in a diner at one point, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, they're drinking milkshakes, and I'm just like, what? Why? That scene was actually pretty funny. If if you if you pay more attention, because like, yeah, he I, goes and like, I need a drink, and then like, there's like one waitress slash yes. cook slash you know <laughs> everything there, and he's like milkshakes all around <laughs> except for her yeah. you know, she doesn't get one yes. and so like he gets one and just starts drinking it and then like takes one to summer glow mm-hmm. and then squirrely like kind of comes around the lady in black agent and like takes one and just kind of gives yeah. her a look like man you know get one <laughs> yeah it's like every scene has business in it but mm-hmm. it's just like from scene to scene it's like why are we doing this what come on get on with it like if this yep. was maybe 15 minutes shorter a, a tighter experience it would be all right yep um there's okay, so they're they're getting ready to fight the the mammoth in the factory, uh, and the and they're all there. The sheriff is there and everything. And I made one note of an additional bit of dialogue where, like, Doctor Man sees the mammoth and he's like, "Dear God," and the sheriff says, "God is for Sunday, Frank. Today we pray to Nike. Run." <laughs> I'm like, okay, someone's really trying here. Uh-huh. So and you know the people are delivering their lines as best they can. It's. Yeah. It's fine. It's a it it's worth looking at. It's not something you're going to sing the praises of. You're right. not going to go, "Yeah, go see Mammoth, you know, get that DVD." But for a single viewing, you're going to look at it and go, "This is a lot better than a lot of Sci-Fi Channel bullshit." True. Um, well, there was a point in time where it seemed like they cared more. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm wondering I I, I just I wonder if you know, when when was Katrina exactly? Was that around this time? I wonder I if it fucked with the production and then they had to go to Romania. I want to say it was around 2005. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if that did kind of screw it up because th- there seems to be a, like a weird tonal shift at times. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not I'm not putting that out there as a theory as to what happened here, but I know there were other movies that were interrupted by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it, can... That it can, was August of 2005. Okay. Okay. You know, that, that can fuck with your production. Sure. Um, you know, because you'd have to shut down for who knows how long. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it, I don't know, like I said, I, 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 there's no trivia or anything mm-mm. pertinent to this movie, but I, I was curious why they were trying to play the angle of summer glass supposed to be 16. I was like, that's, that's pushing it. Guys. Yeah. It, it was a little strange. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, like I said, w- with movies that I say you should probably see it, mm-hmm. I feel a responsibility to give it like a jocks. Okay. And just say it's worth a watch. It's not the best thing. It's going to drag in places, but it's got some good jokes, um, some kind of clever dialogue. Everyone's kind of in on it, and mm-hmm. everyone seems to be on board. No one seems to be there. I don't know, except Tom Skerritt, who I can't, I can't, he's not, it's not like he's drunk in this, because he, he's capable in every scene. It's not like he's unsteady or anything, but maybe he was just high as fuck, and maybe. just like, I'm in Mammoth, like, what the fuck happened to me? <laughs> <laughs> so, I I don't know, but... I'm going to give it a jocks. I would say that you should watch it at least once. Yeah. I I would say if you wanted a movie like this, you could do worse. But I mean, overall, I would say probably skip it just okay. barely. But I'm going to give it like a bag. Okay. Just I don't feel that strongly about it. It's just I could almost go to like, I mean, I almost feel a little bit more strong. Just like I said, there's something about from scene to scene and transition to transition. It mm-hmm. just feels like it's broken and and breaks geography and i mean not even not even talking about the fact that it goes to a different country to finish (laughs) the movie but um (laughs) yeah there's just something about it it's like it just ever so slightly broken 
yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm coming at it from having seen so many of these things, sure. and it's just like, oh, this is someone gave a sh- gave a shit. Whereas usually they're just shitting those things out. Yeah. Um, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you know, A for effort. Yeah. D for watchability. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I. You know, you kind of wish like, man, if they'd had a bit more money and could have punched up the effects and sure. maybe had a few more scenes of that. Um. And I, you know, I give this movie balls for killing off the boyfriend. Yes, yes, they do. Squirrely, squirrely bites it. Yeah, I mean, just like there's, there's no reason for it. He's not a jerk or anything. He's, no. He doesn't do anything wrong. No, by the end of the movie, Summer Glau's like gotten it pretty bad. I mean, I guess Science Dad has too, but it's a little bit of his own fault. You know, it's a little right. bit hubris there. Yes, but like she watches, <laughs> like they finally kiss, mm-hmm. and Tom Skerritt's kind of like watching, watching them through the windshield. <laughs> and it's like it's about time or something like that. Yeah, and then like right after that, he gets gored and mm-hmm. and you know soul sucked by the mammoth. Yeah, and then Tom Skerritt <laughs> has to sacrifice himself, mm-hmm. I guess, at the end to <laughs> yeah, that's release the. Like he, he has to he, manually release the liquid nitrogen. Right, he freezes himself <laughs> in the entire room. Yeah, but he's okay. Like mm-hmm. he's frozen, and they can like you know they've Mister Freezed him up, so they kept him in this facility. So like they say that by the time by the time Summer Glau is eighty, right, they will be. They yeah, will by have the, the time you're his age, we yeah. might can wake him up. Yeah, which <laughs> that'll be fun for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, you know, it's a thing. It is a thing. Yeah, but now let me tell you about a thing. Oh. Let's talk about Donna Summer's movie. Okay. 1978's Thank God It's Friday. Uh, we've been on kind of a 70s kick here throughout mm-hmm. the the summer movie series towards the end because we did Malibu Beach. And then, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, we did uh, Roller Boogie mm-hmm. on the regular Bamfcast. So I, the, the 70s blood is running through me pretty good. Like, I am like, fuck yeah, late 70s, let's do this. Sure. And holy crap, Thank God It's Friday is late 70s. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Hey, disco's a thing. Let's make a movie about that. And just that. Yeah. It's it's kind of like, hey, guys, did you see Saturday Night, Saturday Night Fever? Mm-hmm. And was that a little bit too much drama for you and yeah. shit? Yeah. Well, fuck all that. This is in the club 24-7. <laughs> yep. The because, entire movie. Because the title is accurate. It's people uh, wrapping up their Fridays, heading to the club, Club Zoo. I actually got the impression... It was Thursday night, and the midnight thing was when it was Friday. Oh, really? Yeah, because if you think about it, um, uh, what's Susan and what was his, her? Oh, uh, right, Dave, dude did say he had he's to work like I had to it. work yeah. in the next morning. That's right, maybe. So, because like everything seems like it finally kicks off at midnight, so I feel like it was Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. like I feel like the midnight stroke, the stroke of midnight was when it was actually okay. Friday. That's true. I, it did strike me weird when he said he had to work the next day. I'm like, what are you doing on a Saturday? Right. But okay, yeah, because that's when like the shit gets real. It's okay. Like, Midnight. Okay. But that's just my theory. Okay. Uh, so. Like, okay, so this is an ensemble movie or a, uh, I don't know what the right word is. Like, I, ensemble's right, but it's more like a, like a vignette movie in, in a the, way. There is no main character, really. Right. It's, it's split amongst ha- uh, a dozen people. Yeah. It, it's not a good example per se, but. This has a heavy vibe of like 200 cigarettes. I don't like that movie, mm-hmm. but like you, you even kind of have similar characters that like I, you have to feel they might have been slightly inspired by this. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I know it's later, but I, I was thinking of this movie as it's like Get Crazy if Get Crazy had less of a plot. Sure, because yes. it's basically like one night in the club. All these little vignettes, all these characters are in their own little. Each character has their own little thread line, right? Plot of whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's 
it is it makes you wish that disco was still a thing. Like even if it was just like a theme park, like right. just everyone was role playing disco and it was something that could be experienced. But it's just uh, the time capsuleiness of this movie is strong. Yeah. Um, I guess, okay, so the way it ties into our theme is that Donna Summer is in this mm-hmm. playing just a lady who... Might as well be Donna Summer. ...sings a Donna Summer song at the end, but mm-hmm. she she's basically in this club trying to get to the DJ booth to get him to spin her record so she can perform it. Um, and then there's just a bunch of other things going on, like the Commodores are supposed to play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, l- let's paint the hierarchy of characters. Okay. Um, it's not necessarily in order of importance, but... No. Um, in the movie, um, so you have this club, which is called the Zoo, Zoo, or just Zoo, Zoo. and it's owned by Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Looking as smarmy as Jeff Goldblum could possibly look in 1978. He looks like a child, and he's the owner of this club, but, and he's gold blooming it up all oh, over yeah. the place. <laughs> well, because he drives a, a yellow Porsche, like a Porsche Carrera. Yep. And gets to, like, gets to it, opens up the hood, which, you know, is the trunk of a mm-hmm. Porsche. And pulls out, like, you're like, is that a suit? Because you're already kind of wearing disco gear. No, it's like a custom car cover that he lovingly puts on it before he can bother to go in the club. Yeah. And Uh, at first I was like, who is this douche participant who's just going to hang out in the club? No, he's the owner. Right. (laughs) Um, And essentially, just to paint his story, he more or less owns the club so they can pick up women. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much what he does. He, like, goes from person to person and, Mm -hmm. like... has a little bet with his DJ, who's another primary character in this. Uh-huh. Um, the DJ... Uh, Bobby Speed? Bobby Speed yeah. just kind of... He lives in... The, like, he spends the entire movie in the dis- in the, in the booth, in mm-hmm. the disco DJ booth. And he's he's going to go live with the local radio station b- to play the Commodores. Right. But the Commodores aren't there yet first. Mm-hmm. And then when the Commodores do show up, they don't have their gear. Right. So he's constantly, like, the main guy at the radio station is constantly, like talking to him over a two-way mm-hmm. like come on let's do this and he's making up crazy excuses right. so jeff goldblum is going around and like you know like half the women in the club are coming up like well what about our date and yeah when are we gonna i left my sweater again? at yeah. your house and, and all the all these things so yeah. it's just kind of and he'll he has a thing with the dj like he'll pick somebody out or the dj will pick somebody out and be like they have a bet yeah her mm-hmm. yeah seduce her yeah so that's that's kind of their story. That that's his story. Um, Donna Summer gets into the club and then is just doing everything she can to get up in the DJ booth and be like, "Give me a chance. I'm going to sing. I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, you got yours. Let me have a chance to get big." Yep. Um, there's a like a yuppie couple, um, a yuppel, if you will, sure, um, a yuppel who are, have been out to dinner. It's and their anniversary. Their anniversary, mm-hmm. and they're getting ready to leave, and they notice the Discord next door, and she's like, "Oh, come on, let's go in for a little bit. It'll be fun." And he's like, "No, I got to work. I, I want to go and watch television." Which is every stick in the mud in this movie. That's their thing. Is right. like I want to go home and watch television. Yeah. <laughs> so they go to the club, and and she becomes the one that he gets the sh- uh, like the Jeff Goldblum spotlight is her, on her. Yeah. The and- DJ's like her. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's just laughing his ass off, and the DJ's like, or Goldblum's like, yeah, no problem. I'm Jeff yeah. Goldblum. I'll do this. Then <laughs> then there's two 15, 16 year old girls trying to break into the place mm-hmm. because um, they're dancers. Yeah. Well, one of them is supposedly the best dancer in high school, and her mm-hmm. friend, who's like the outgoing one, is decided. Yeah, you know, says like, hey, bring your four inch platforms, and you can enter the disco contest and win right. two hundred bucks because they need the money to go to a kiss concert. Mm-hmm. So right. That's, that's that's why they're there. Yeah, but they can't get in because they're underage. Right, they don't have ID. They, right, you know, so there's antics with them of like mm-hmm. trying keep trying to sneak in and it doesn't happen. Nope. Um, then you've got uh, Deborah Winger and friend because Deborah Winger's in this too. Yeah. Yes. 
she's she's also like a stick in the mud. Mm-hmm. It's just like Amelia doesn't want to go to the club even before they even get there. I think they are coworkers. Is okay. the understanding that I have yeah. of those two? But her uh, her partner, like they stop off at some fast food place and just she just loads up with a shitload of food. Mm-hmm. Ends up getting some drinks spilled on her and throws a hamburger out the window, <laughs> which lands in the face of this other. There's like another pair of friends that are. <laughs> Are driving to the club and, yeah. and again it's like the guy who's like I'm gonna get lucky yeah and the other one's just like I don't know I just want to meet a nice girl and, yeah. and he gets hit in the face with a, a hamburger <laughs> um, but he's also driving along and he desperately needs to wear glasses mm-hmm. he, he's basically more more or less a Rick Moranis kind of character yeah. and he needs to be wearing glasses but of course make, they make he won't them, because he glasses won't. make you ugly right and so he you know <laughs> there's lots of traffic shenanigans with him yes and I believe is it him that starts the whole no someone else like as soon as Jeff Goldblum finishes covering his Porsche, there mm-hmm. becomes a running joke where people just keep hitting this Porsche. Let's yeah, everyone who pulls into the parking lot hits it. Pretty basically. much, yeah, um, including Glasses Guy. I don't yeah. think he was the first because like the kids who are trying to get there, they hitchhike a block, mm-hmm. like because they get dropped off on a bus and then they're a block away and they hitchhike and then the so guy they can, so they can appear cooler by showing up in the car. Yeah, and so they start screaming at this guy to drop them off and he kind of careens and drops them off and, and then he's like fuck this I'm out of here mm-hmm. at which point he kind of slams into Jeff Goldblum's car. Right. Um and then it keeps happening. Yes. Like everyone hits Jeff Goldblum's car. Yep. Um and this is before you really get the notion that Jeff Goldblum is a piece of shit. So at first you're like, well, that's not, that's mean. (laughs) I mean, I know they're going to pay it off, but it's just weird that they're destroying this car. Um, The only other main story characters are there's um, a guy who's a garbage man who is supposed to be meeting a blind date here from computer dating service. Yeah. Stu? Stu? Something like that. I don't know. But he's, he's, He's like, got short man syndrome. He's he's you know he's like five two and is just constantly like come on fight me. Right. Um, but he's <laughs> like he's he's always getting bumped into and he always says the same thing about well, somebody it. Will go like turn around like oh sorry excuse me yeah and uh, you will be sorry yeah we're yeah. just like you bet your sweet ass you're sorry, sorry. yeah ah and like okay guy yeah. <laughs> you're weird but so this movie we find out uh, about halfway through the movie that it actually takes place in California mm-hmm. uh, because based on everyone's accents and looks and everything we thought for sure this was a club in New York City man I was convinced this oh, was absolutely. New York like, because I mean this guy alone is just like I'm a Jersey truck driver garbage <laughs> driver and I'm just came into the city and, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I mean, everyone is super New York-y in this and, mm-hmm. and it's it wasn't until they d- the, the Commodore show up mm-hmm. and the DJ's like what do you mean you don't have your equipment and they're like don't worry Floyd's bringing it and they're like he, the DJ's like oh shit and then they, you see Floyd driving and he's trying to use a California map and you're right. like oh this is what mm-hmm. <laughs> they're in California shit yeah I um, guess it was in LA because he was driving from San Francisco they said yeah um, and then is there anyone else important uh, Marv Gomez oh right 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 <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> yeah actually you see him in the opening sequence um, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yes, Marv You're Gomez. Goddamn right, Marv Gomez. Marv Gomez, the Leatherman, uh, <laughs> is very important because, like, in the opening scene, he is. What is he doing? Is he like unloading clothes? He's working in like the fashion district or right. whatever, and he's yeah, he's just unloading clothes. And he's just dancing the entire dancing. time. And a guy on a bike, a motorcycle, drives by and just grabs a rack of clothes and yep. drives off with him. Yep. So he's apparently like always dancing and getting fired from jobs. So yes. that's his, that's Which his he, thing. Which he confesses later that he's, right. he's all about dancing and he, he will dance everywhere and that gets him fired all the time. Right. So he doesn't care because dancing is life. It, it's 
It takes a while for him to get to this quote, but I'll just go ahead and get to my first note. Please do. First of, first of all, my first note, as I, I described Marv Gomez as in Disco Montoya. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. And then my quote was, dancing, everything else is bullshit. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. How did we ever stop doing this? I don't know. Because nobody has any shame in this movie. Everyone is just like, what the fuck ever? I will just do whatever, and no one gives a shit. Because whenever main characters are out on the floor, there are just extras behind them doing the weird, just look terrible, doing the dumbest shit, mm-hmm. and nobody cares. Yeah. That's the that's the highlight of the disco era for me. For like, You just do whatever, and no one cares. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, so ancillary characters that actually kind of mean something. Um, mm-hmm. We meet one of them in the opening sequence, and it's just it's kind of weird, and you don't really understand who she is until later. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this dental hygienist, oh, right. who is like super crazy pill hippie girl. Yeah, because um, like she's leaving work <laughs> and putting on a red wig, um, kind of doing like she she looks a little bit like is it Penelope Ann Miller? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah she kind of has that like look and voice sort of. Yeah, <laughs> um, but like she huffs on the. Uh, Laughing gas, yeah, and then goes to the club with like you know a tackle box full of different pills for uh-huh. various occasions, <laughs> and she ends up like getting paired off with the uh, husband guy mm-hmm. as the uh, the wife is getting uh, led around by Jeff Goldblum. Yes, which starts with hey, might have asked your wife to dance because you won't dance with her. So she's basically like, yes, yeah. So those two pair off, and they're basically feuding all night long mm-hmm. of which couple is going to do the worst damage to the other, right? Um, but, then, like, husband man just gets drugged quick. Yes. Like, she's, she's just, just like, take these. Well, she's just talking constantly. He's like, I'm, I'm getting a headache. And yeah. she's like, here, take these. And he goes, hmm. And aspirin usually upset my stomach, but I hope these will be okay. She's like, oh, they're not aspirin. <laughs> like, the next time you see him, his head just slams into the table. Yeah. And uh, the only other ancillary character is um, the guy that was there for the blind date. His blind date shows up. Yes. And she's, like, six foot tall Amazonian woman. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not, just because he's so short. But yeah. She's she's a much taller woman, and of course he's just like, ah, I work too hard to get paired off with some giant lady. Well, he's immediately upset that the computer dating service did not listen to his wishes because he he did not want a college educated woman, right? Uh, because it, this movie is like a constant like just like eh, women who do things and are smart, blah. But in a way that the women are just like you're an idiot <laughs> throughout the entire thing. The only thing that's so strange about it is that this this blind date of his is like consistently trying to make it work. Mm-hmm. It's just like, why don't we make the best of it? Instead of just like, no, this is a club. There's, it, You could do whatever you want here. Let's forget. Yeah. It's immediately good. Because like, she follows him outside, and he's like, I'm going to call them right now. And he's like, I, I don't have any change. He's like, give me a dime. <laughs> and she's like, I need this time to call my therapist. And so he just rips the payphone out of this phone booth. It's just like, yeah. I'm angry short man. And she's just like, oh, brother. Um, why she didn't just run away screaming, I don't know. But yeah, but it's pretty much the entire cast. Yeah, pretty um, much. Uh, they, other than the Commodores, including yeah. Lionel Richie. But like those two kind of end up together because she wanders up to him while he's at the bar and he's going off on one of his rants and she just hauls off and clocks him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've never known anyone who threw a right cross like that. Sweet. I must have her. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I don't think we see them again for the rest of the movie. No, either. they run off. Yeah. Um, the, the girls, the two young girls get into the club because... They meet up with Marv Gomez somehow, yes. and they see him crash into <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's parked car. Right, and they're like, "We saw that. We're gonna tell him unless you get us in." Right, basically. And yeah. so he sneaks him in through the bathroom window. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So they're finally in. Yes. Uh, and then the one who can dance becomes his dance partner for the, the dance contest. Yeah, because they she <laughs> they have this weird contraption <laughs> in this club. First off, like let, let me let me further describe the club because it's called Zoo, and so they have it's every room is like a new different like animal exhibit. So there's like a polar area, which is like the the arcade the and bar, arcade. and yeah. Then there's like a tropical bird room. Just yep. all these different rooms are all different themed. Different like, themes, different like a, there's, vibes. There's going like a on. bar in every single one of them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one's a jewelry store. Pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but they have this ingenious place in the club that is a stairwell that goes for staff only. For staff only, that goes from upstairs to downstairs. Even mm-hmm. though I think this place, it's implied that there are three stories because there's an elevator. There's an elevator, and they seem like people will stop and get off at one floor, and then it keeps going down. That's right. why there's at least three stories. Right. Uh, but the stairwell has a staff only thing, and there's no handles on the inside. So, like, once you're in the stairwell, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the Rick Moranis character gets stuck in there, whereas his do-goody boy is like out and about, just not really, not really wanting to be at the club. Yeah. Obviously, he pairs up with Deborah Winger because they're both sticks in the mud, and right. they fall for each other. <laughs> yes. Um, and they all go off and become the new yuppie couple. Right. Um, um but then, uh, Mar- but like the. the before the thing that got Rick Moranis into the stairs is kind of tragic because right. he's he's been at the bar all night and he's just like this sucks I can't meet anyone also can't get a drink the yes. bartender will serve him and this lady just comes up to him and is just like let me buy you a drink you want to get out of here and he's like yes fantastic this yeah. is the best thing is happening to me and she's, she's like, also just wearing a bikini yeah. in this club but she's like I left my sweater down in the arcade can you go get it and he's like absolutely I'll be right back and that he tries to use the stairwell to get downstairs and then realizes he, he goes to the downstairs door and it's like oh no and then goes back up to the upstairs door and like oh no <laughs> oh no <laughs> And then he's just trapped in there for the rest of the night. Yeah, but he gets joined by um, Marv Gomez's actual partner, was the girl that was supposed to be his partner, yeah. uh, Bridget Fonda from uh, Jackie Brown. <laughs> yes, because the the two young teenagers trick her into going in there so right. they could be his dance partner. Mm-hmm. So she gets stuck in there too, which is great because like instead of being angry, like pretty much. Like Floyd coming from San Francisco has been stopped by the cops several times for speeding. And it's funny because like they won't believe that he's just transporting the instruments. He has to get out and demonstrate that he can play them. Yeah. So he picks up a saxophone first, Mm -hmm. plays it pretty well, Mm -hmm. picks up a guitar, plays it pretty well. And then like there's the full drum set is for some reason out of the van and set up. And he goes over and plays the drums really shitty. And the cops like, yeah, yeah, that's the ticket. And then he gets caught. He gets pulled over again and it has an even larger like a double drum set like a double double kick like mm-hmm. a, like a fucking rush drum set now yep. and it's just like playing for like 20 people and and therefore earns a police escort into town yes so he gets there the <laughs> commodore set up and yep. they're going on for the big dance contest mm-hmm. it's after midnight and they go live on the on the radio yep and so oh donna summers also sang a song uh while they were stalling yeah she stalled for time by singing her oscar-winning song last dance right um to which, like, the DJ's like, holy shit, I was wrong. She's fantastic. I discovered her. Yay. Right. <laughs> um, but, like, when this dance contest starts, it the rules are simple. Like, dance however you want. And mm-hmm. there's this red spotlight, which, let me back up for a second. Because inside the control booth, there are all these comically large, like, arcade, like, almost Willy Wonka <laughs> knobs inside of there. That there's a couple the- of, like, giant slot machine right. things and everything. It's, yeah. It's <laughs> and, like, but they control the spotlights and things like that. And mm-hmm. it's really kind of ridiculous. But they have this red spotlight that if it hits you during the dance contest, you're out. Yep. 
And so you've got certain cliques of people that are just doing really fucking weird disco dancing. Like mm-hmm. there's everyone's got their own theme. There's like one group that's from the 80s. They traveled back in time to the disco. Yeah, era. It's a weird like Devo group who's shown up. You're just like, oh, no, the 80s are invading. Right. Get them out of here. Um, then there's like some kind of like weird, almost Asian hip hop crew that gets mm-hmm. the light shown on them. Too. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's weird. There's like these little posses of people that are yep. getting getting kicked out until They're the people who do like the the Russian <laughs> knees and right. hands and all that stuff and yeah but like what I was saying about like nobody gets very upset about like being locked or whatever mm-hmm. locked in or whatever because like they cut to Rick Moranis guy and and Disco Girl just going nuts like yeah. they're, they're having a great just time in the stairwell. they yeah. skip all the can't hardly wait angst of oh no I'm trapped in here with you and right. just go straight to hey we're a couple now let's make the best of this yeah. <laughs> this is the awesomest but of course Mark Gomez the leather man and uh, one of the young girls wins the contest mm-hmm. so they're happy because they've won and they can afford their kiss tickets to yes. which the one that won says that's for that's kid stuff we don't have to go there. We don't have to do that anymore. We're disco queens We're now. Disco queens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm a woman. <laughs> we are now disco queens. Right. Our love, we have arrived. Because, uh, yeah, they, they scurry off to another. There's like, oh, we could go to the other place dance contest. It, it's at one o'clock. And it's like, I don't know. Our parents are going to be really mad. They're supposed to be home at 11. That's kid stuff. We're disco queens. Yeah, fuck it. Let's go. Woo. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we skipped over large chunks of this movie, but I mean, that's... Sure. There's a whole, like, outside dance sequence where Marv Gomez just dances all over the, ho- the hoods of and cars. And when he says that uh, that line that yeah. I, I said earlier. Yeah. Um, um, oh, oh, another ancillary character only because it deals with one of my notes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so they have this whole crazy, <laughs> stupid zoo theme thing. And there's a point where... You see him in the elevator. Yep. There's a guy in a gorilla costume with the head off. Yep. Standing the and just looking exhausted in this elevator. Well, he's the elevator operator. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Goldblum comes in and is basically like just just looks at him. Doesn't even say anything. And he's staring just like, him down. And he's just like, <laughs> It's so hot and itchy, man. I'm I'm breaking out all over the place. And he's like, I pay you to operate the elevator and look like a monkey. <laughs> put the head on yeah and so he does the guy, then, but the guy keeps complaining and goldblum is just staring at him mm-hmm. just staring him down and eventually the guy just puts the puts the and it's on. it's the worst gorilla costume ever because like it looks like they took like a, a beef eaters hat, hat yeah. and put it on top of the gorilla yeah it looks like, like a drum major helmet yeah <laughs> it's fucking weird but, but anyway that does set up the best thing because the Deborah winger this whole movie is just klutzy lady falling over stuff and mm-hmm. that's that's that was my note that's okay. what i was getting to yeah so i'll just set it up for sure. you but like so like this entire movie she's like there's one scene at the bar early on where she is just like just might as well make the bar explode i mean she knocks fucking everything over um but so that keeps happening to her and eventually she is just like woe is me and gets into the elevator mm-hmm. and is having this kind of or her friend is also in the elevator and she's met two of the dudes who were hitting on Deborah Winger earlier and she was just like ew gross they are wearing like your grandma's wallpaper from yeah. the 70s <laughs> yes. shirts and the friend is just like we're going to a jacuzzi party you don't want to come cuz you wouldn't like that scene so we'll see you later and so they leave her all alone in the in the elevator with the operator, and she's just well. The like, operator is off screen, and yeah. she's just looking mopey. And like they walk by, and I think she they brush up against her. And there's been this whole thing throughout the movie where her friend is telling her how they can sp- how how you can spot a creep, right? And it's like based on how they dress, polyester. Yeah, and it's like oh, polyester automatic creep. Mm-hmm. He's like that you can't wear that out on the dance floor. Yeah, and so like this guy brushes past her, and she's just like, 
that was polyester, right? Mm-hmm. And from off screen, the, you see the gorilla's hand come in and gives her the little buck up punch on the chin. Like, yes. buck up, camper. You know, just that little, Doesn't say just that little tap on the chin. It's, <laughs> it's so random and nonsensical, but it's so fucking perfect. They used it again when they used the, like, in the closing credits where they would show, like, a clip of the person mm-hmm. and put their name up. That was the clip they showed for Deborah Winger was off screen gorilla <laughs> hand going, chin, chin up, bucko. You yeah. know, it's like, god damn it. There are just so many little random bits like that throughout this movie. Just, I mean, like, and there's another, so, like, they're getting to the end where Jeff Goldblum is just getting fucking desperate to get this mm-hmm. wife to go home with him because he must have, he must win the bet with his employee, which is stupid. Uh, <laughs> so they're standing, like, in the entryway, and he's like, come on, you just, let's get out of here. Your husband's a shitbird. He's hanging out with, you know, the, the mm-hmm. redheaded wig lady. Let's go. And while he's trying to give her this speech to convince her to go, all these other ladies who have had sex with him recently are coming up. It's like, can we talk now? You know, when are we going to see right. each other again? Blah, blah, blah. And he's just getting increasingly angry. Um, so eventually the the wife and the husband get back together. But she it, it, at one point, Goldblum has convinced her, let's go. Let's get in my mm-hmm. car and let's go. And so he gets outside and the husband, that's when the husband decides to reclaim his wife and kind of taps on the car. He's had this this giant uh, salt pepper, shaker. Pepper grinder. Yeah. The whole night because it's their like fifth anniversary, which is wood or whatever. And so mm-hmm. he was like, it was either this or a baseball bat. So he's been carrying around all night and he's been doing weird shit to it. Like he's got an Argyle sock on it and he had a shoe in it at one point. And he was <laughs> because he's been giving like uppers and downers and um, I poppers. Believe, yeah. A popper at one point. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. When the dance contest starts and everyone's just like, here, try this. It's like, oh, dear God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, so they've, they've all gotten outside and he taps on the car a couple times and the car just starts falling apart from all the different times. Like the best thing that happened to this car was when the police were escorting Floyd to the club and this one motorcycle cop apparently is just not even looking where he's going because he just slams the, the front of his bike into the back of this car and does a header over it. Mm-hmm. So... All the damage to this car then appears at once because <laughs> the like the bumper falls off and a door falls off. The back bumper falls off. But they're like comically like springing. Yes. Off. <laughs> and so you just watch Goldblum and you're watching his covered car just kind of lower and lower and lower, <laughs> lower down as pieces of it are just popping off stupidly. It's just they paid off that gag pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Goldblum's just like, yeah, well, <laughs> I guess this happened. Well, that's another life. It's another day at zoo. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's just a series of gags, really. It pretty much is. Yes. Because when the club closes down, that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. They like they're sweeping up, and uh, Deborah Winger and uh, Nerdy Guy are, mm-hmm. are dancing. Um, Disc Jockey and Donna Summer are dancing. dancing. Yeah. 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 I, it's. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, it's one of those movies, man. It's it's completely it's, hard to explain. It's but. made to sell records. That's it, it was made by Casablanca Records to sell Casablanca Records because mm-hmm. everything in the closing credits was owned by Casablanca Records. So, oh, there you go. Um, yeah, it's it's an it's an experience. It sure is. It's great. It is. I love it. I did it too, as well. <laughs> I'm gonna give it four jocks. It's really good. Um, in that kind of way. Don't get, I mean, you know, come right. on. <laughs> it's, it's a nothing movie. There's nothing happening, but I just, every minute of it, I was, I was entertained by, and they don't stick with any one storyline for too long. 
Uh, you don't get sick of anything. And then sometimes characters you haven't seen since the first 10 minutes pop back in. And you're like, oh, yeah, that guy. And, mm-hmm. oh, I bet he's going to do something. And I don't know. It's it's I, I guess the only real th- weird thing that throws me is how New York it is. And for it to be California, it just doesn't see that. Does, yeah, just doesn't seem right to me. Um, but, you know, I mean, you, you got Goldblum in there doing his Goldblumy stuff. Deborah Winger. Who I you know I've always maintained throughout the years like I could I could bump into Deborah Winger on the street and not know who she is yes like she's the most nondescript superstar actress I've ever seen yeah I mean there was a point I think she showed up at least three or four times when mm-hmm. I went is that Deborah Winger yes <laughs> yeah because <laughs> like, it wasn't one of like she showed I mean granted it's a couple years before she started getting fame more famous yeah but I had to like. Because at first I was looking at, you know, I didn't know how young she was. I was like, she's not one of the, no, she can't be one of those two. The girl, the younger, obviously very young girls. Yeah. And I was like, no, it's not one of them. Yeah. But yeah. It, I, anyway, I'm going to echo your uh, four jocks. Okay. There's still, there's something missing that, that bumps it up to the five thing. But man, is this movie watchable shit. Yep. And I can't explain it. It's, it's got, you, you kind of nailed it. It's got the can't hardly wait. It's got a vibe of purple rain. It's got, mm-hmm. it's just like all these things and like i said i i want to like a movie like 200 cigarettes i just wasn't care i didn't care for any of the characters in it i i like a movie like that like i love go yes you know so like these weird little vignette movies work for me Mm -hmm. but this one is just it's pretty damn watchable and some of the gags are really good yes they just come at you like some of them sneak up on you yeah i mean (laughs) those are the best there's nothing particularly fancy about the dancing so if you're coming to it to see like amazing synchronized disco moves like i mean if, if that you're th- never happens if you're thinking that like you know i want to see a, an honest to god version of the scene from boogie nights where everyone's mm-hmm. synchronized and that does not happen and this is not that movie no th- that is saturday night fever yeah it's there, a little more coordinated if you will there's constant dancing in it but mm-hmm. it's just like kind of bouncing up and down yeah. dancing there's not really any moves to it and right. the the dance contest at the end is so short and so compact because all the the couples are are you know in a small area trying to do their thing you never really get like oh check that out right um yeah so it never does that but just the constant like oh now they're in this room what the hell i mean like the the arctic room the pinball room has a giant fucking polar bear in it like right in the middle of the room it's very impractical mm-hmm. <laughs> but who cares and i love that Goldblum's thing was like he was a record exec and just saw an opening he was like i this disco thing is going to be the future and I'm in. I'm, I'm for the long haul. I'm here. And oh, yeah. you just know that's going to go horribly wrong. <laughs> so, but man, is it a good time? Mm-hmm. Really, really good. Best summer movie <laughs> of the summer movie series. <laughs> it's weird though how prominent Donna Summer is on the cover. Yes, it, she is not a major character. Not really. No. Um, maybe 15 minutes of the movie. Uh, but she won an Oscar for it. So you know. For the song, yeah, yes. for the yes, for the song, but still, you know, well, yeah, I know. It just don't be like, oh wow, Oscar <laughs> winning for yeah, <laughs> no, um, yeah, I would be interested to see what other songs it was up against because it just seems weird for a little nothing movie like this to you know get that. But man, what what an experience! <laughs> Indeed, so uh, it is available on HD on Amazon. Yes, uh, it is also on Vudu, but not in HD. And I can't. We had some other places we checked. I, I I know it's on iTunes, but I don't know which right which definition. Um, but it it is out there. It's readily available. Uh, highly worth watching. Mm-hmm. Check it out. So with that, we are wrapping up the summer movie series. Oh, for this year. Oh, 
It will be back. Okay. Next summer. Hooray. Uh huh. <laughs> hey, we're going out on a high note. This will leave you wanting more. You'll be like, I can't wait till those guys come back next year and talk about more Donna Summer movies. Right. <laughs> uh, but Bamcast Extra is not over. No. We are going to come up with a new thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to continue. Same kind of format. May take next week off or it, the week. I don't know. Well, well, there may be a week we take off. Yeah, it's not going to necessarily be back next week. We got to brainstorm and figure out exactly what we want to do next and commit to something cool. But you know, fall movies are kind of hard to come by. So That's I true. I don't really know many fall movies. Legends of? Uh, no, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> Veto immediately. All right. Um, but yeah, we will. We will. We will keep doing this. We will have a, a new theme, and you guys will love it. So deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to like it. And if not, deal with it. Right. That's, um, that's a message from Chuck. Yep. So, you know, if you're listening to this on Patreon, thank you so much. We we really thought this was going to be a good idea to, to do for you guys. And uh, I hope you guys have been enjoying it. Uh, to those of you listening for free, we, we like you too. Um, Just not as much. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, we're not beholden to you. No. So. <laughs> So we don't care if you like it or not. (laughs) (laughs) We do. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I've appreciated everyone's feedback on this so far. So uh, thanks a lot. We will be back very soon with another episode of BAMCast Extra. So until then, I'm Chuck. And I'm Harlow. And this is BAMCast Extra. Out. Motherfucker. It's... Ah!